This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale, Spencer Editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. You can reach me at mhs at altamontenterprise.com. I'm talking to Nicole Gladio, who chairs this year's Hilltown Memorial Day Parade, the 61st hosted by the Kiwanis Club of the Helderbergs. For her, the role of running the parade is a legacy. Both her father and her mother ran the parade before her. Like herself, both of her parents came from families who supported their local community. Always with a mind to help make the world a better place, she said. Just to get the information out right at the top, tell people when and where the parade is this year. Well, Memorial Day is the 29th this month and next Monday, and the parade starts at 10 o'clock and it is in Bern on 443. It begins at the Bern Senior Center and then snakes through town and then it picks up some adult marchers because we've got adult marchers again this year. We haven't had that since covid and then it will um, go on down and make the turn and burn and we'll pick up the youth marchers and the horseback riders. And we'll have we have emergency vehicles from all the town, surrounding towns, including Altamont and uh, marching units from several of the um, burn Knox and Westerlow units and we have some antique military vehicles from Carl Remmer and his group and we have antique cars and floats. Wow. (laughs) I love that you always have it on the actual Memorial Day. So many places do it over the weekend. What makes you stick with that traditional Memorial Day itself? Uh, Probably because we've been doing it for so long and... And tradition. (laughs) Well, tradition is certainly important on something like a Memorial Day parade. And I'd like to talk about that tradition. If you could just tell us, I understand from what you uh, wrote in a letter to the editor that it's the 61st Hilltown Memorial Day parade. So and that's us. That's just us hosting. So the parade predates us. It was originally put together by the three towns, Burn, Knox, and Westerlow. And then I think it, the what I understand is maybe it got a little bigger than they had expected. So they asked the Kiwanis if they wanted to take it on as a community project, and they did. And so they've been doing it for the last 61 years. That is a long run. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my dad, my dad was parade chair for years when he was in Kiwanis. My mom was parade chair. And so I'm a legacy. (laughs) Well, I wanted to talk about that, too. So I wanted to hear about the organizing the parade and what's involved. But let's just take a little side trip on this legacy, because I think. It's so unusual, especially these days, even to have people that are committed to these volunteer groups and do 
untold work, and then to have another generation taking it up. Tell us a little about your childhood, if you would, about your parents and their commitment and how you got involved. Um, I think both my parents came from families that were used to supporting, if not their local community, uh, their community at large, um, and always with the mind to help make the world a better place. And I think that was a strong commitment from both my parents and women. When my dad joined Kiwanis in the um, in the 80s, when we moved up to the hill towns, um, it was a men's only community club. And then I think in the 90s, they opened it to women. And my mom's not the first um, woman Um Jan Vanetten may have been the first woman and then mom joined and it's really cha- women have changed the club tremendously. <laughs> how, how so? Um, well, I think that some some clubs that have not embraced um, adding women to their membership. I'm not sure they're blossoming and growing as much as the Heldeberg Club. And I think that sets us apart, certainly in, in the capital region. Um, we have 27 active members and we have um, so many programs. And one of the cool things, and I think this is probably where my parents became really con- convinced that the Kiwanis was where they wanted to spend their time and energy, is that it, it really is a local level um, effort. But if you if you have interests and we have as a club gone more broadly, regionally and then internationally, um, you can we've Kiwanis International has helped eradicate um, rickets with their iodine program. Um, They've eradicated maternal tetanus that took millions of of infants. and that's an international effort. And then um, more locally, uh, Kiwanians helped fund the pediatric unit at Albany Medical Center. And then locally, our club, um, we support the Hilltowns Resource Center with multiple programs. We support the Burn Knox Westerlo Schools with several programs. And it's very, um, it's very need specific. If someone sees a need, so when I joined the club, I knew from being in the Hill, involved with the Hilltown Resource Center in the 90s, that transportation was a big, big issue for families that were struggling. And so we now do gas, we fund gas cards to the resource center um, that's based now in Westerlo. And um, so people, if they need gas, there are, there is you know, gas available at their nearest Stewart's. And um, and it's a, now that Stewart's is up on the hill in East Fern, that program is even more effective. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I thought I was on top of your, I mean, we have pictures of the, you know, the Thanksgiving contributions yeah. and of the backpacks you do every year for kids going back to school. But I had never known about the gas cards and mm-hmm. that I can imagine would be a huge need 
on the hill because to get to any kinds of services or most stores, you need gas. (laughs) So if you're and get your prescriptions. Yeah. Basic needs. Basic, basic needs. Right. Yeah. And so you personally became aware of that. And then the club funded this as an ongoing program. Mm-hmm. So- yeah, I brought it to the club as something I knew was a need. And I'd never been able to fix when I was when I ran the resource center. And the club embraced it immediately. Oh, and we my had- gosh. As a budget item, and um, we work very closely with Mary Beth um, at the Resource Center. And like I said, it's very local. It's very, um, if there's a need, you know, we can help fill it. We have helped people move that couldn't do it themselves um, on the Hill. We have supported um Families that have been burned out or evicted, um, families that were um, that need furniture and clothing. Um, yeah, anything. And if we can fill it, we do. So one of the programs we do is on Tuesdays, we go to the regional food bank and do the pickup for Mary Beth. So Mary Beth gets a regular truck from the res- from the food bank, but um, she also has orders that she can make. And there's fresh produce and bread products, and um, the cost per pound is very very low. I think it's below thirty cents a pound. And so we can pick up meat and dairy products. So we fill we take our trucks down on Tuesday and we fill up our trucks with food and bring it up to the resource center so that when so that she's always able to offer, you know, fruits, vegetables, bread products and so on. And the meat. The meat is so important. Wow. So um just if you could give us a thumbnail of some of the other you mentioned 27 programs i know you can't i know you can't describe yeah. all 27 in well, a half an hour but just could you pick out some of the other ones that are worth highlighting uh, well, for people to know just start just our latest would be um, where a little league. So we always sponsor a team little for little league, um, the Burnout Special Little League. Um, we also started a Kiwanis Support Fund at BKW. So, so most recently, we bought some graduation gowns that kids couldn't afford. Um, we've bought. Um, some field trip tickets for kids that couldn't afford to go. And that is all um, working with administration. Um, Teachers can apply um, to their principal and they'll let us know. And, um, and then we, we also do two award senior awards um, and the school picks those. And then we just, write the checks. Um, and then one of our most, our newest programs was um, the clothing program at Wolf Hall in Westerlo. And that is a program that has been going on forever, but the resource center cannot handle it. So Kiwanis has taken it on and it's this huge load of donated clothes from the Loudonville mm, Methodist church. I'm not exactly sure of the church. And so it comes up and they unload it 
and it's a big youth project for their church. And then we sort it and then open the open the doors to the public and people come in and, you know, and make a donation if they can. And if they can't, you know, then just take the take it. It's household. It's baby clothes. Baby clothes are a big one. Winter jackets. And that program is done at the end of November. So all the warm stuff, sweaters. And so once the Hilltown Hilltown's hours have been done, then we sorted out and we support we this year we supported the Afghanistan refugees and went and that's go that's very active in Schoharie County. There's also um, uh, young mothers um, groups in Schoharie County and in Albany County and in Greene County. And so all the baby stuff went gone. Um, and then warm stuff went, a lot of it went to um, Schoharie County. And then um, we have other programs that take the rest of it and it gets spread around down to um, Leeds and um, other hill towns further south of us. So nothing goes to waste. After you've distributed it very locally, <laughs> you start reaching out to other communities that have need. So one of the things that has interested me in what you've been saying, we have so many organizations, community organizations that write in with desperate pleas for members, and some have even closed in recent years. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little about who your membership is, how someone would join if they're listening and want to join, and why you think you're managing to flourish in this time when two career families and everyone's so busy and COVID kind of hit groups hard as people became so isolated. Mm. Well, we worked really hard to meet during COVID. And so we we used Zoom, which worked really well for our snowbirds because they could stay active in the club. Um, and when COVID started to abate and we could do more, um, we went to an every other week dinner meeting. And that is usual. That is always potluck. Um, wherever we've found space to meet. We used to meet at the Township Tavern every week, every Wednesday. Wednesday is a Kiwanis meeting day. All clubs meet on Wednesdays. Um, and so our club now that we have the better weather, we've been meeting at the Picorni's Octagon Barn mm -hmm. on um Middle Road. And so we just bring food and we bring um, white elephant items for our, our raffle so that we can raise money for our administrative fund. Any money that the club raises um, with the public is only for projects. So if we want administrative funds, we have to provide that ourselves. So we do that with just a fun raffle at every at every meeting. Um, so it's something to pass. And you know, and if you have a white elephant item to give away, <laughs> then bring that. <laughs> and if someone uh, wanted to join, what would they do? Mm -hmm. Well, easiest way would be to um, email Heldeberg Kiwanis at gmail.com. 
Okay. And we do have a we do have a website presence, but it's not it's not as polished as we'd like. But we do have a Facebook page where people can look check out pictures from you know our past events, and you know you can also um, get to us through Facebook. And. Is anyone welcome? I mean, you said both both genders. You have men and women. Any age yeah. requirements or no? No, there's no age requirement. Um, I think that people of of good character, I think, is important. There is a you know an okay. The board of the cl- local club would decide you know if they were if there were any issues. Um, but we've never. I don't know that. To my knowledge, we've never had anyone who was interested ever be turned away. And new members are amazing because they bring fresh energy and fresh ideas, just like I was talking about with the gas card. Mm-hmm. And the club and the club is open to that. We, you know, we love that. So, um, and they bring their own networking, and it just opens us up um, to more people. So there is a membership information form that we would get to you. We would love to, if someone's interested, we really like it if they would come as our guest for dinner and come to a meeting and see what it's like, uh, you know, and not have to do anything except just meet us and we get to meet you. And then there is a new member information form and it's really basic, um, if these, you know, uh, background information is just, do you have a, a significant other? Do you have children? Um, how many languages, you know, what other languages do you speak? Are you on any other boards or community groups? Um, that kind of thing. What kind of hobbies do you like? And then that comes back and the, it goes to the board and the board approves it. And then there is a membership fee. And that can be a deterrent. We, as a club, have kept this, kept that membership fee as low as we can because we are we have to send per person a portion of that membership fee to Kiwanis International. Um, so we don't take very much from the fee, and it is one hundred and ten dollars, I believe. And, and that's an annual fee, and it, the part that goes to the yeah. international yeah. helps with these things that you mentioned in the beginning. These far-reaching, right, um, right, initiatives that would support the more national and international efforts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we can finally get back to the parade, <laughs> and just hear how long have you been working on organizing? I know. It must be a tremendous lead up for a one one day event. But if you could just kind of walk us through what what unfolds and what what groups are involved and how how you get them all uh, ready, ready to roll. Well, thankfully, we have technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that does help. Um, so we actually started talking about the parade at the um, clothing store in late no in early December um, because we were there we were all there so um, we had a conversation um, I, I talked with the club president about getting on the agenda and um, what we wanted to accomplish as soon as possible and generally that's who's all right um, who's going to chair that was me and um, and then any problems or concerns that 
anyone has from the previous year. Um, and then we have a list. We have, you know, first is the school because we convene at the school. We use the school grounds. We use the school bathrooms. <laughs> so talking to the school superintendent and making sure that they're still available. And the, the, the memorial to soldiers is right in front of the elementary school. So that's a really important piece is to get the school as a stakeholder and then talking to the custodians to make sure that they're on board. And then it just, you know, it's like dropping a pebble in in the pond. Um, You know, then the next level is talking to the state police, talking because they help us with with traffic. And we close they close off 156 at Rock Road so that there's no traffic coming in. And then we close traffic at Tabor Road on Route 443 so that the parade is uninterrupted and safe. Um, then once we have the state police on board, talking to the sheriffs, helping us to for leading or following up the parade for safety. Then it's talking to the Eastburn Fire Company because their fire police help with closing the roads, and that's really important for safety. And then we start talking to businesses like the Agway and Burn. Can we use your parking lot? And then we talk to the Burn uh, Gun Club because that's where the horses get convened before they come into town. And then we talk to families along the parade route that have hosted adult marchers. And then we talk to, we ensure that the town of Bern allows us access to the community center again for bathrooms and, and access to all of their parking lots because that's where the emergency vehicles start. And then we talk to the, then we start talking to all of the fire companies that have participated and we have an email list. So we send out emails. A lot of the companies have a monthly meeting, so we don't want to get, we don't want to hit them too far into the year. So we try to get all that information out by March. So their March meeting, they can start talking about it. Wow. You must just be a wizard, a wizard of organization. And it all comes together so seamlessly. What I love about it is there's a sense of both joy, even merriment with some of the kids, but yet there's also a solemnity to it. When you get back to the school and there are the speeches and the ceremony, it's just, it's so moving and you feel really like the whole community is either in the parade or watching the parade. It it just, you know, it just is a sense of all coming together. I I Mm -hmm. don't know how, how do you do that? I mean... Um, well, you know, it's changed over the years. Um, when I when I was in high school, you know, the the BKW marching band was a big part of the parade, um, and COVID um, pretty much ended that um, pursuit. The school does not have a marching band unit, so we don't have um, that part and that was a big part because all of those kids brought all of their family Mm, (laughs) and you know now it's I think it's I think people I don't know I think they crave community and the parade is a place where 
the the essential workers, the fire companies, the the ambulance companies, um, where they can you know share in a you know in a not crisis situation what their tools of their trade are, and they you know they shine them up and they put they have dress uniforms that they get to get out and feel the pride of their work and it's such important work. Mm-hmm. And then there are the youth groups, and the Burn Library will have a float this year. And it's an opportunity. The parade has changed also that there used to be a, um, a theme, and the high, BKW High School would have an essay contest. And essays would be read at at the um, flag ceremony. Um, but we don't do that anymore. And... Um, yeah, so it's changed um, in focus, and that. But I think that as long as there are people that remember the parade and remember being either in it or watching it, I think that there's that draw. And it is a solemn event when the VFW does the flag um, ceremony with the Boy Scout Troop seventy nine. It is a very solemn thing, and people come in with their flags. We have a we have a um, flag holder, and so companies come in with their flags, and it's really very powerful. It really, and then, you know, if, yeah, and uh, you know, and we do have um, two uh, World War Two veterans that have been, you know, that came from Bern or live in Bern or the hill towns, and um, one is unable to come this year. That's Bob Gibbons. Um, unfortunately, he's not able to make the trip from Troy, where he's living now. But um, um, Mr. Vincent will be joining us and um, no, Mr. Wilsey, I'm sorry, Mr. Wilsey. And, uh, you know, it's that part of our history is is frittering away as we lose lose the people who were there and walked in those shoes. Yeah, that's happening everywhere. But what's not falling away, it appears, in the hill towns is this sense of commitment to the tradition, which I find quite heartening and remarkable. I mean, we see it all through our paper. Like even the library column this week is about what the Burn Library is doing for the parade. <laughs> you know, it's not just yeah. a notice like yeah. the library's closed. It's, you know, here we are participating. So um, kudos to you for bringing this all together. Do you have any closing <laughs> thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, um, two things. First is the parade. You know, come out and um, and see and be a part of, um, you know, a, a community coming together, which is a wonderful thing. And the that's 10 o'clock on, on the 29th, next Monday. And that, the, that parade route is from the Burns Senior Center to the BKW campus. And it's a wonderful way to spend two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's one one thing. And then the second thing is getting in touch with the Heldeberg Kiwanis. If you have interest or ideas, if you would like um, to talk about coming for a visit to a meeting, um, perhaps being a new member, we would love to meet you talk to the talk to people and um 
So that is our Heldeberg Kiwanis at gmail.com. That would be the easiest contact. Great. Well, thank you so much. And I hope the sun shines on Monday. <laughs>